On this episode, we review the new horror movie, Lockdown 2. We'll chat to the Derby Collective, who are changing the face of pubs in the Midlands. And it's Suffolk versus Cornwall in the World Cup of AF. Welcome back to Wet and Dry, an alcohol-free podcast about sobriety, moderation, male drinking culture, pubs, midlife crisis and friendship. Right, well, I should say, uh, hello, I'm Jeff. I'm the dry one. Uh, Matt is here oh, in spirit. I feel I think dreadful, it's Jeff. <laughs> I feel absolutely dreadful. I really lived up to my name of wet last night. I've got the worst hangover. So just for historical context, should this <laughs> podcast be used as a sort of time capsule in the future, this is 24 hours before London goes into tier two of lockdown. So I decided that... The night before, lockdown eve, it's going to be like Mad Max out there. People are going to be injecting ketamine in their eyeballs. They'll all be going mental. <laughs> I couldn't be doing with that. So, so you've, you've gone for lockdown eve, eve. Lockdown eve, eve. The day before lockdown eve is always the one to go for. And I presume, just from looking at the news, that we're not getting in a pub with anyone other than your family until maybe Christmas. That's what it feels like to me. So it was the lot, and I didn't go out the night before lockdown last time because Boris told us not to, but you can piss off this time. I thought, <laughs> I'm going down there. You lied to me about the three weeks off. So I went down, had a big session in the pub. We then, because we could, went back to someone's house. Ooh. Again, that won't happen anymore and uh, carried on drinking. And uh, if there was ever a time, then I wish I was dry. It's right now. So just because a lot of sober people listen to this podcast, I won't ask you what you drank, but it was it was quite a big night, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was very big. Excellent. I mean, it feels cruel, but... Uh, I, I can't just, believe what you've just done, <laughs> I too. I just poured you the two beers for today's World Cup of AF. And I know they're, they're alcohol-free, but they're making me want to throw up. <laughs> the last thing in the world I've had for breakfast, a packet of Monster Munch and a chunky Kit Kat, <laughs> and now you've just poured me two bottles of beer to drink. And I know they're alcohol-free, but this is filling me with dread. But I'm a professional, and I will do it. It is worth saying, I guess, because it, it, it's definitely relevant. And Jamie on last week's podcast was talking about how good he feels not being hungover. I haven't had a hangover this year and it's mid-October. Oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> I think this week might be a slightly shorter podcast. Not because I've got to interview anyone this week. Because I could die. I'm worried how long you're going to last. So should we do the important stuff First. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. All right. Well, let me just talk. mention that later in the podcast, we'll chat to uh, three guys from the Yarder Collective. Somehow I've created some AF gravitational force on social media that all these projects are now coming to me. It's a, a group There was of... no AF gravitational force to me last night, I'll tell you <laughs> that for nothing. <laughs> it's a group of young guys who have set up an alcohol-free bar in Derby or are in the process of setting up an alcohol-free bar. So we'll chat to them later on and, and find out the story behind that. But I think they're, you know, a really genuinely fascinating bunch of guys. But we have some really important things. And there's a bit of me that's really excited about doing this because this is as close as I think either of us will come <laughs> to doing the actual FA Cup draw okay. uh, in our lives. So I have clipboards. Yeah. I have pieces of paper. It is time to do the full draw for the first round Gosh. of the World Cup of AF. Okay. If you missed the podcast last week, I mean, go back and listen to it. You can do that. We had the first match, Aldi's Low Profile against 
brew dogs nanny state I think somewhat controversially, you put Aldi through to the next round. So to explain this, this is a blind tasting. Matt's got, well, blind in that you can see them in front of you. Well, I don't know which is which. But you have no idea which is which, and you're basically picking the one you prefer and putting it through to the next round. Now, you know, the way these tournaments work is it's knockout. So by sheer maths, I had to pick 32 beers to put in this first round. We'll That's be a doing lot of this non-alcoholic for, beers. Well, the shocking thing was I had to limit it to 30. I had to come up with my own rules to put 32 beers really? in here. So nobody's got more than two. So there are companies like Big Drop who you could have put three or four different beers in here, but I've limited everybody to two at most. The only other rules I came up with was that I have to have had one for it to go on this list. So there are a couple of beers that have been mentioned in the series that other people have said are, are great, but I actually haven't managed to get my hands on one. So I think if it's that rare and that hard to get hold of, then it, it doesn't make the World Cup this year. I don't know, maybe there'll be some kind of invitational tournament over next summer. So we have 32 beers here. There's Strangely enough, the same number of beers I had last night. <laughs> we have 32 non-alcoholic beers here. You could drink all 32 of these and get in your car and drive home. So a lot of them are, you know, household names. There's uh, Bira Moretti, there's Heineken, uh, San Miguel and Peroni in Australia. So lots of big alcohol brands in there. There's a few sort of supermarket-owned brandy alternatives in there. There's one uh, which I tried for the first time last week, which is called Freestar, which is essentially uh, what looks like a Sainsbury's version of Corona. Okay. Not virus beer, so that's coming up, and then some uh, some nice uh, craft beer ones. I think one of my favourites has gone in here, which I've been drinking quite a lot of recently, which is Piston Head. It's uh, what Piston Head. So Piston Head is a great craft beer. I used to love drinking those uh, anyway before I did this, but they've bought out a non-alcoholic one, so that's gone straight in and then the beers that you'll have heard us talking about on this podcast before lucky saint uh, australia dam budweiser zero so there's a real mix in there and i think the only fair way to do this is to do it as an fa cup style draw 32 beers there is literally a hat there with some numbers in it oh there is isn't there Let's go. So we've already had match one last week. Number five, low profile. This is number 24, Nanny State. Later on in this podcast, you'll hear number six, Ghost Ship, drawn against number 10, Doombar. So match number three, and the home beer is... Number eight. Infinite Session Craft Lager. We'll play... Number 26. Stella Artois AF. In match number four... Number one. Vera Moretti Zero will play... 17. Unlimited Lager. I always thought doing the drawing <laughs> bit was better, but actually it's not. All you do is read out a, a number. You get to do all the fun bits. I mean, they on. get ex-footballers to do it. It yeah, can't be right. difficult. <laughs> number three... Bex Blue... Will lose <laughs> against number 28. San Miguel Zero. Uh, number 11... Brooklyn Special Effects. We'll play number 30. Piston Head Flat Tire. That sounds like it should be an alcoholic beer. <laughs> number 22. Freestar, that's the uh, Sainsbury's coronavirus. Ah, plays number 19. We'll play Big Drop Uptown. <laughs> <laughs> 23. 
Brewdog Punk AF. Play number two. Heineken Zero. Nine. Jump Ship Yardarm. We'll play 20. Aldi's Low Profile. Everyone's going to have turned off by now. Number 18. Swimmer's Saison. Play number four. Thornbridge Zero Five. Number 25. Budweiser Zero. Play number 32. Infinite Session IPA. One on four. 14. St. Peter's <laughs> Without Gold. Play Lucky for Some, number seven. I've gone bingo. First chop, yes. 21. Force Majeure. We'll play Sweet 16. Nirvana Hells. Unlucky for Some, 13. Big Drop Pine Tail. Play 12. Lucky Saint. Number 15, Jeff. Coast Centennial IPA. We'll play 27. Freedom. And finally, number 31. Australia Galicia, and there better be one more number in there. <laughs> we'll play number 29. We'll play Peroni Libra. Oh, that's a big match. That concludes the first round draw. All <laughs> matches will be played on Wet and Dry Podcast over the next, you know, months. <laughs> uh, that was surprisingly good fun. Oh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Not enjoying what's happening next. We have a match to play. I'll tell you what I was thinking as well. So... Here's here's the numbers, right? We've done about eighteen episodes of this podcast. Yeah, that's sixteen matches, and then eight in the next round, and then another four. Maybe <laughs> did it It's like eighteen months. We might have to do a few untelevised midweek yeah, matches. Yeah, I think we have to. <laughs> Right, so what are we doing on this one? Okay, so there are two beers in front of you. As I said before, this is Ghost Ship 0.5, probably the most talked about beer on this podcast. And also one I've had before. Versus Doombar, a classic craft IPA. Cornwall's finest. Shall I go? Yes. So again, there's a there's a difference in the coloration this week. One is definitely darker than the other. Not sure You're not sure I'm going to give you a one-time pass out. Do you want me to get in a guest taster? No, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. If, I may be sick, but I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> okay, I've tasted the first one. Thoughts? I like that one. Okay. It's nice. Actually, I'm going to have another taste of that. I feel like I'm getting right back on it. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That's if really nice. If the of the dog is only psychological, then uh, this then must fine. be working. Okay, going on to the second one. A much different colour. Yeah, this is a, this is a lighter Okay, for me, there's an easy, clear winner there. Okay, but you like the first one. Yeah, yeah. So do you prefer the second one, I guess, is the question? No. Okay. So the first one, I much prefer to the second one. Having said that, I like both of them more than the last match we had. So both are good beers, but I much prefer that first one. Well, the vagaries of the draw, you've put Doombar... Oh, no. the next round. Fergus, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The beer that pretty much started this podcast back in January. It's gone out in the first it's round. gone out in the first round. I mean, that is the harsh reality of knockout tournament drinking. Can I just say, I've come off the back of about 12 pints <laughs> and a load of shorts. I've got up this morning. I've had a packet of Monster Munch and a chunky Kit Kat. 
My palate is probably not yeah. in the best place. I imagine to be both of those still taste like last night's Australia. They do. <laughs> they actually just taste like the inside of my mouth, which isn't very nice. <laughs> Having said that, I really do like the Doomba. It's not as easy to get hold of as the uh, as some of the others. I think that one I picked up in Waitrose, but yeah, it's for a darker beer. It's not that heavy, is it? No, it's nice. They're both good. They're both good beers, those. Uh, but I just do prefer the taste of the Doomba. Sorry, Fergus. But, you know, there can be only one. There can be only one, and that's the one. And it is Doombar through to the next round. All right, I don't think you've got the stomach for much else this morning, have you? What else are we going to do? It's time to go and talk to our guests. (laughs) But in full disclosure, we actually spoke to them a bit earlier this morning (laughs) when you were even more hungover. (laughs) So... I think even if you're not enjoying the chat with Craig, Mark and Rondell from the uh, Yarder Collective, just enjoy it for how hungover Matt sounds the whole way through this interview. (laughs) Can I go and lie down now? Craig and Mark and Rondell from the Yarder Collective. Is that how it's said? It is, yes. That's how it's pronounced, yeah. Who's in charge? All of us. Good question. <laughs> All of us. That was was very diplomatic. Uh, Well, let's, (laughs) let's pick at random Craig... Tell us about the Yarder Collective. What is it? The Yarder Collective. You look is like a... Andy Murray, by the way. I've had that a lot. I've had that a yeah, lot. I feel it like I'm help. talking to Andy Murray. He's not done well at the, the the French Open, and now he's knocking out some booze. I like it. I did used to play tennis, but my career has not been as good as his. But yes, yeah, so Yarder uh, is a non-alcoholic bar based in Derby, city centre. We've been going as a concept for about three years now but are only just up and running or about to be up and running. Uh, well, well, hold on, hold on. Back, back up, back up. It's a bar that doesn't sell any alcohol. Yep. Yes. You can't get a cheeky pint in there, a spirit. Completely, no and low, um, up, to, up to sort of 0.5%. Okay. Mark, I'm going to throw it to you now and just ask, you know, it's a one-word question. Why? So, firstly, I want to point out that we're not against alcohol at all. But we feel that people's perception of alcohol needs to change. At the moment, I'm sure both of you will agree that if you're going out, it's expected that you'll drink. And we want to change that. We don't want the expectation to be that you'll drink. We want to challenge that and say, well, okay, it's all right to drink. It's all right not to drink. And we want to provide a safe space for that to be able to happen. So that if you have, for example, people who are are recovering alcoholics or something like that, or people who just generally want a night off drinking, They've got that safe space there where they can come. They can still enjoy the social aspect of a night out, but without any of the alcohol. So in your bar, does it look exactly like a regular bar? You've got pumps, you've got optics and all all stuff like that. So I go in, I I wouldn't know any different. So right now, no, just because we're doing it up. Um, So we've recently been, had the opportunity to take over a venue. Um, So Craig was just saying, we were part of a charity as a project and we did pop-up events um, and over lockdown, we've moved away from the charity, become our own thing. And we've, we've found a venue. So at the moment it's blank canvas. We're trying to make it look as bar like as possible. Um, but we will have alcohol free beer on tap and, and we'll have, uh, I think we're doing a craft beer fridge again from different beers over Europe and that will keep changing and we'll do mocktails obviously as well. So yeah, that's, 
that's the concept. It's going to look as much bar-like as possible. I don't know about you, Matt, but I've got so many questions. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's let's kick off with a few then. Can we get a little rundown on your personal histories? Like, what's what's the story behind this? Do you lot booze, or are you all non-drinkers? Yeah, so um, I think I'm, I'm probably the biggest drinker out of the three. You look it at um, you, to be fair. <laughs> I was going to say, I could probably, I, you know, fingers crossed, I could probably keep up with you, Matt. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rugby lad, um, play rugby at uni and played, play rugby with the local club at the moment now uh, since we graduated. So my attendance on a night out was better than my attendance in the lecture room. Let's put it that way. Uh, Craig, what about you? I also drink but not in large quantities. I don't like the idea of almost being out of control drunk. Um, so I'll drink a few on a night, but probably no more than that. So we've got a, a boozer, a moderation. If this is going perfectly, Mark, you should be teetotal. Afraid not. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I do drink. I don't drink a lot. I don't particularly like getting drunk. I, again, don't like that sort of feeling of being out of control. Um, I think for me, I went to uni, I sort of drank a bit in Freshers' Week, and then I was like, yeah, I'll happily go out and socialise, but the alcohol's not really doing anything for me. And again, like from after uni, I moved up to a rural town in Lincolnshire, and, well, if I wanted to go out with work, I was like, I'd go for a pint after work. Yeah, brilliant, but I have to drive back, because there's no other way of getting home. So I was stuck into that routine of only ever having one. That, for me, is the sort of crux of it. I drink for social social aspects rather than the getting drunk can i ask how uh, you don't have to answer how old you are oh no hang on before you answer i mean they're all millennials right well i can't tell with mark because mark for anyone who's obviously they're not watching it's a podcast looks like a mexican drugs baron with his face blacked out (laughs) and i feel like he's going to tell me where where the gold's buried but um so i've got you could be 400 or four (laughs) for all i know but no the reason i ask is Clearly, when you started this, it was because you saw a, a gap in the market, you saw a need for it, yeah? And, and, and from what you're talking about, probably at university, that, that kind of came in. I'm, I'm nearly 50 now, and I think there's been a change in how people, young people, deal with alcohol. So if you'd set this up when I was maybe 22, 23, I'm not sure many people go. Now I speak to like younger relatives, and I can definitely see them going, and I can definitely think that it wouldn't be an unusual thing for them to do. Um, a lot of, of, of younger friends that I know go to gym a lot. They're more worried about their health and how the body put in their body. And I don't think now that it would, it's that an unusual concept. It, and I think it will work. But I think maybe 30 years ago, it, it may not have worked. I don't know if, if you're younger. That's why I was asking. So are we all right? You're, you're all sort of 25 or younger. Is that about right? Yeah. Mark's 27. Me and Craig are 25. Okay. I read recently, and it's one of my favourite stats, actually, that there are more vegans under the age of 23 than there are over the age of 23. And I think we're sort of moving to a place where actually sobriety is sort of reflecting that. It is a, it is a younger trend. You've got old been there, done it soaks who've learnt the hard way. And then I think there is, a, there is definitely a generation, a, a sort of new generation to drinking, who are sort of being more sensible about it from a younger age. Is that, from yeah. a marketing perspective, is that how you see it? Definitely. And we, I mean, we once heard a stat recently that was said that a third of students are teetotal, which to me sounds a bit shocking still. But I find that amazing. But, I've watched yeah. the news for the last two weeks. They're not out in Liverpool city centre, are they? <laughs> Apparently not. Um, and 
the yeah, it's, it's a shocking stat because it's not what we're used to in terms of the culture of UK universities. But even in the last three years of us doing this, the shift of people's expectations of drinking has completely changed. Uh, just in the number of um, options that are available. When we first started this, right when me and Ron ended university, there were a few alcohol, non-alcoholic drinks. But now there's so many more. So it is definitely a trend that is, is growing. So what do you think is the big seller for you? We're erring towards the side of a social enterprise, essentially. We were born out of a charity. Um, and that, that charitable... What charity was that? So that's Derby City Mission. That's the a local Christian charity that work with the homeless and work with those in debt. They do several things across the board. And, and one of their projects was looking at how to get more younger people involved and start to work on essentially the causes of the problems that then they were looking after at the end. So alcohol was, they wanted to do something with alcohol and they wanted to do something with, with uh, young people and young adults, essentially. We initially were set up in a way that um, as people bought drinks, and this was on our pop-up events um, when we didn't have a venue, as people bought drinks, that money was then going through and into the charity to support the work they were doing. We haven't really lost that heart, essentially. So as a new, we're a community interest company, that's how we've set up. Um, so we want to make sure that that value is still instilled in what we do. So as people will buy drinks, as people will have fun at our venue, um, some of that money will be going into charitable causes, helping essentially the local people of Derby. Tell you what, I bet your mum and dad's are very proud of you. I was thinking, jeez, <laughs> you're doing work for charity. You've got a job on the side. You're setting up non-alcoholic. You care about... This. Very good. I can't tell you guys. How... I was a shitbag at university. <laughs> I did nothing except for get pissed and then fall down the stairs and upset people. I want to be you lot. <laughs> That's... Even the fella you can't see who's going to go to prison for 20 years in a Mexican jail. I can't tell you how many nights the two of us have had trying to decide which premises around Tooting or Ballum we'd turn into a bar. Yeah. I don't think we've ever considered turning it into a non-alcoholic one. That, no. That's not really been part of the conversation. Not yet, anyway. Uh, convince us otherwise. Um, in terms of beers, what do you think are going to be the sort of most popular big sellers in the bar? So we, all of our tastes are quite different. So it's, it's been interesting to um, even debate on what, what we like most. I like the, the new Brewdog Punk IPA, the Punk AF, that's it. Um, yep. That's been my favourite at the moment. And Lucky Saint has been one of my favourites. So uh, we're, we're hoping to chat to them in a couple of weeks because they've just announced that they're putting Lucky Saint on tap mm. in a lot of bars around the country, which, which we've been banging on about for ages because the, the importance of holding a pint in your hand is, is, is even Huge. if it's psychologically, I think it was a big thing for me when I started not drinking that I, I then didn't look the odd one out and I was quite lucky because my birthday's in January so dry January there were more pubs doing an alcoholic uh, free beer on tap so I think that'll be a big one I presume you'll be serving pints of non-alcoholic lager in some way yeah we will so we've got uh, Brooklyn special effects on tap um, great choice that's the only one at the moment uh, but we are looking to expand that Have, we haven't decided what the other two will be but at the moment but yeah Brooklyn special are, are you open yet not yet, not yet. No. when will you be open Hopefully before Christmas, yeah. Before Christmas, definitely. Provided COVID. I was going to say, we haven't haven't mentioned the C word yet. (laughs) Surely one of the reasons of the 10 o'clock curfew and the 
the beers is that when people are drunk, they're, they're, they're all over each other, they pass it on. Surely you kind of play right to that because you're not going to have a bunch of pissed people rolling around. You're going to have people socialising a little bit more restrained. I, I would have thought you should have an exemption almost because it's the right way forward in that sort of environment, isn't it? That's something that we would love, but <laughs> convincing the government of that is because we're a bit of the sort of grey area. Yes, we're a bar, but then we don't have the alcohol, so we don't have a, a lot of the things that go along with the bar in terms of the, uh, the way people socialise in, in that respect. Nobody's getting rowdy, or at least we hope not. So, yeah, we're a grey area. So uh, one of my great bugbears is when I get ID'd in the supermarket for buying non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> uh, sorry, this is a really random question. Do you still have to ID people to drink in a non-alcoholic Hold bar? Hold on, you get ID'd in a supermarket. You don't look that young. <laughs> I know, it's because you do them on the self-checkouts. They, oh, they, right. they flag up, someone has to come over and say, sign it off. You need to have a look in the mirror if you think you're <laughs> under 18. But do you still have to go through that? We are, we are still restricting entry to above 18. We have had a number of people message us saying, oh, can my 16-year-old come along? Uh, and for the benefit of keeping it the sort of the same sort of environment that a pub would be, we said no. Really good idea. It's a safeguarding issue as well. Like you don't wanna, We don't want to be the place that people are going to be concerned about as well in terms of safeguarding. But then also, like you were saying, you don't want 16-year-olds where um, 30-year-olds are because that's not the environment that people want to socialise in. Uh, and just let me say, the worst thing about pubs is letting kids in pubs. I friggin' hate kids in yeah. pubs. I go to the pub to get away from my kids. I don't want to see your baby. I don't want to see your little boy doing a trick. I've come here to have adult conversation. And if I was going to a non-alcoholic beer, I'm still coming for adult conversation and to socialise. I don't want to see little Johnny singing or playing his recorder. He can piss off. <laughs> so Derby is just where you're based. That's just a, a sort of happy accident, is it? But... It's not really a university town. What is the market for non-alcoholic drinking like in Derby? My sister lives in Derby, by the way. So, uh, you know, I can send you at least one customer. Um, well, we've spoken to the Students' Union because I work at the university anyway. I've spoken to a couple of people there. And that, as we were saying, there's a growing number of people who want to access a, just a different space, uh, an alternative venue, an alternative night out. And so far, everyone we've spoken to, students-wise or student committees or... Um, sports clubs and all that have generally been interested generally want to kind of check it out once we're open um, there's a few what well, students unions across the board are starting to look at their non-alcoholic options because you know, they're well known for freshers week uh, or two weeks whatever the whatever unis do now um, six months when I was six there. months yeah and <laughs> um, so yeah they're well known for that so they're being put under pressure now especially because um, not that many students um are utilising freshers as a, as a way of kind of socialising. I've met loads of students who either avoided it completely and then started socialising afterwards. Um, so, yeah, the, the people are interested. And, yeah, we're going to see how it goes in this first year. Really. I did Amazing. read a, an interesting stat a while ago that said Derby City was actually the most hungover city in the UK, based only on uh, people searching on Google for hangover cures tell you what i'm running it close this morning <laughs> <laughs> i reckon i'm the most hungover man in london at the moment have you got plans to roll this out is this one the first one of a, a bigger empire of of af alcohol free pubs yeah we hope so mm. and uh, uh you guys can chip in after just um it turns around the charity element 
because we want it to be local causes so local people can actually back it that model should work anywhere should fingers crossed yeah. um so yeah we are hoping it, it we can roll out elsewhere but we have to get the right causes for the right place and i think it's, it's not something that can just be okay we're going to support the homeless therefore in every city that's what we do because you know cities are all different their issues are different um so yeah it will be it'll be interesting to open one in london because obviously it's so big i i think this will work just because of the way the world's going and i think people not feeling uncomfortable when they're not drinking in a pub that doesn't sell alcohol it's going to work the charity angle is an interesting angle the fact that you know you're going to drink there and you're helping something it's kind of it's you know you see these nhs mugs now you can get in bars that that, that are doing quite well it's it's along those lines look i'd love to chat to you again when you are open apart from anything else i'm fascinated by what the mix of people in your bar is going to look like you know whether it's going to be more women or men whether it's you know students or whether it's older you know whether you attract a a sort of religious non-drinking crowd i i I think it, it would be fascinating to know what uh what your audience looks like and have you got any ideas what it'll look like i think i mean so a few of us are uh, tied to churches anyway so i think there'll be a bit of a a religious background to some of the people that come through but we're hoping are you um, all religious as well yeah let's see look at this (laughs) but i think like i'm I'm personally uh, i'm quite interested to see in terms of the diversity of culture as well I'll, i'll be very interested to see how that how that looks because I think drinking looks different in different cultures. Um, I spoke to a guy from Lithuania yesterday and he was saying he'd love this because actually when he came over here, the drinking culture was so different that he didn't feel comfortable going out in, in yeah. that way. So yeah, I'm, I'll be interesting to see the cultural differences of, of, of the balance there. Brewdog has a, a non-alcoholic bar in London. Uh, I think Sainsbury's did an experimental one out in East London for a while. The, you know, there are other examples of it. But this feels like we're on the edge of a new type of of bar. So, um, yeah, best of luck to you. And and come back and and talk to us when it's open. I tell you what, if it doesn't work, you should all stand for a political position. I'd vote for all of you. (laughs) Even the fella I can't see. (laughs) I I, I think you would make magnificent politicians. Very impressive, all three. I think it's a brilliant idea. And I do think... I think you're on the verge of something good there. I think I think this could change things. There you go. If you've converted a hungover drinker, the world is your oyster. And if, if your mum and dad don't like you, I'll adopt all three of you. <laughs> Just so I can show you off. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.